Uh, this morning of uh, the collection will be for uh, it's the first uh, Sunday of the month. Our collection is for Heidi and Ello, uh, for her and her family and their financial situation uh, in support of her. So if anybody wants to give to that, there's a bowl over here on this little table over here. <clears throat> this morning we're going to begin by looking in Isaiah chapter 26. The book of, book of the prophet Isaiah, chapter 26. Isaiah 26. Isaiah 26 and verse 3. You will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you because he trusts in you. Trust in the Lord forever for in Yahweh the Lord is everlasting strength. In this short passage we read these couple verses to say something very powerful and very important because peace is something that we long for in our hearts. Um, peace is not what we have in the world. Jesus said in this world we have tribulation. The Bible tells us that Satan goes about to make war against the saints. He has great wrath. And he goes and makes war with those who have the testimony of Jesus. So which is it? War or peace? In reality, it's both. It's war and tribulation on the outside of us. But the peace that is talked about here is the peace that comes from God. And it tells us how we get that peace is revealed right in this verse. It says you will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you. We think in the book of Romans chapter 8 where it says to be carnally minded is death but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. We can have peace of mind, that, that worldly term, peace of mind. You know, I hear you these are commercials for life insurance so you can have peace of mind for your children. You know, you have medical insurance so if you're sick you can have peace of mind that you're not going to be, you know, un you're not going to be untreated by the hospitals and doctors. The peace of mind that is talked about here is in being spiritually minded. And it's connected, it says, because He trusts in you. And it, it comes down to believing God. Why should we trust God? We can't see Him with our eyes. Why should we trust Him? It's because we believe His Word. We believe what He said is true. And because we believe he said, what He said is true, we live accordingly. 
Jesus said, it's like the wise man who builds his house on the rock. He hears Jesus' words and he follows through with it. He lives them out. His teachings, he lives them out. And it's the wise man. He puts his trust in the Word of God. God has said. Remember the bumper sticker? God said it. I believe it. And that settles it. This is a settled issue. This is what God says. Thus says the Lord. So now we live by it. And when we see that God has promised us His help and His peace, the world is striving to find peace. And everything from medical marijuana to psychology, every kind of science, every kind of security. In the Bible it says that in the last days that they will be clamoring peace and safety, peace and safety. And here we are in that time, just striving for peace. There's not going to be peace on the outside of us. The Bible says as much as it's within you, with, it's up to you, live in peace with all men. But not all men will live in peace with us. And the enemy of our soul is not at peace with us. In Ephesians it says that we struggle not against flesh and blood, but against spirits and principalities and spiritual wickedness in high places. We're in a war. Like it or not, we're in a war. And yet in this war, and it's a real war, it's an unseen war, but it's a it's a real war. And whether we want to be in it or not, it's not our choice. But what is our choice is whether we have God's peace in our hearts and in our minds in a situation like this. It says in verse 4, Trust in the Lord forever, for in Yahweh the Lord is everlasting, eternal strength. In trusting God, we have opened to us His power, His strength in our life. So from there, we go to John chapter 14. John 14, beginning in verse 26. But the Helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in My name, He will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all things I said to you. Peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you. Not as the world gives do I give to you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. You're going to notice that in several places where it talks about God's peace, that it has the word let attached to it. 
Jesus says, let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. Don't let your heart be in turmoil. Don't let there be confusion. In other words, it's a decision we have to make. It's within our power as a Christian to have peace in our hearts or not. Have peace in our minds or not. This is a decision we make. Because Jesus says, My peace I give to you. If there's not peace in our hearts, if we're in anxiety and fear and all kinds of turmoil in our inner man, and we might be living that way our whole life, living in life of fear and, and every kind of paranoia. We might have it our whole life. But Jesus says, My peace I give to you, to me. So why am I not experiencing that peace? We experience that peace through trusting in what He says. What makes our heart have turmoil? The problems of life, the storms of life. It's like the disciples, they're in the boat with Jesus, we talked about a couple weeks ago. And Jesus is asleep in the boat, and there's this storms come up. The storm comes up, and water starts filling the boat, and they panic, and they wake Jesus up. Don't you care that we're perishing? You know. And Jesus, he stands up and calms the sea and the storm, and says, "Why did you doubt? Where is your faith?" <clears throat> that same message is to us with the problems that what we call the storms of life. You know, many hymns talk about that. The wild winds blow and the raging storms, you know, things like that in the, in the church hymns. It's talking about life. Life happens. And it's full of all kinds of challenges, all kinds of problems. And when they happen, the, our first instinct is to respond in a natural way. And so we have to put a clamp on that, put that to death, and be spiritually minded. We will be in perfect peace, not halfway peace, but in perfect peace if our mind is stayed on the Lord. He gives peace to us. My peace I give to you. So we embrace it by believing Him. Last week, we, again, we read the, the just shall live by faith. Well, this is part. You can consider this part too. The just shall live by faith part two. This is about living out our faith in our life from day to day in a way that brings peace to our hearts. We trust in God for this problem, for that problem, for these challenges, for these financial problems, for for our children, for our parents, for our loved ones, for people that God has brought into our life, for the, you know, for the dangers, for the problems at work, for problems in marriage, for problems here, there, and everywhere. There's problems everywhere. In this world we have trouble. So when trouble comes, do we whip out the oh no right away? Oh no, you know, it's like, that's my natural instinct. It's all of our natural instinct to want to, you know, like push that red button of panic and fear and anxiety. Oh, you know, what am I going to do? 
How am I going to deal with this, you know? Now what are we going to do? <laughs> well, sometimes we let that stuff come out of our mouth, but we can't stay there. We let our mind go to that place, but we can't stay there. It's a bad place to be. Because the Bible says God's peace comes to those whose mind is stayed on Him and on what He says. Number one, He says, I will be with you always, even to the end of this age. He gives, he gives to us wisdom. He gives to us knowledge. And we're not to lean on our own understanding, but to trust in Him with all of our heart. Not part of it, not three quarters, not 25%, 100%. That's the goal of the Christian. To be completely entrusting in, in God and not leaning on our understanding and surprise, God's peace enters our heart. The peace that God gives us, we will experience. Instead of being a tangled, jumbled mess of confusion like we can be. We've all experienced it. And it leads to anxiety, it leads to fear, it leads to anger. It leads to a lot of things that are unspiritual. In the book of Galatians, chapter 5, it says the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace. It's part of walking in the Spirit. If our heart doesn't have peace, if we're not walking in peace, there's a little hint right there that we're not content, connecting and walking in the Spirit in the way we should. Not fully walking in the Spirit. Maybe half-heartedly. Half walking in the Spirit, half walking in our own natural reasoning. And as much as we can justify that and make, make excuses for it, the question really is, do we want the peace of God in our hearts that eludes us? That seems to be out of our grasp. Just kind of keep on reaching for it and not grabbing it. Where is that peace of God? Why, do, why am I in such turmoil inside? Jesus said, my peace I give to you. Let me have it. you got to trust Him. The promises of God are received through trusting Him. And so is the peace of our heart. If you read many of the letters in the New Testament, it says, may the peace of God be with you. Stuff like that. It says things similar to that. Almost every letter of the New Testament of Paul and Peter and John. Let the peace of God be with you. Here's that word let again. It's a decision we make whether we're going to trust God or not so that the peace of God will rule our hearts. Colossians chapter 3. Let the peace of God rule in, our, in your hearts. There's that word let yet again. It's over and over again. We let the peace of God rule our hearts when we believe Him. It's part of a righteous walk in, with the Lord is believing Him. Believing everything He says. How much peace will we have our heart? How much do we believe Him? How much do we trust Him? How much do we trust His promises? The Bible says the promises of God 
are yes in Christ and amen to the glory of God. But do we believe it? Do we believe it so that we receive the promises of God? In Hebrews chapter 6 it says, Follow those who through faith and patience inherit the promises of God. That's how we inherit the promises of God. We see Abraham inherited the promises of God through faith and patience. God told him he was going to have a son. He had to wait 25 years before Isaac was born. From the time he first received the promise and he believed God, until the time he received it was about 25 years. That's patience. It's challenging. And a lot of challenges came to Abraham along the way. John chapter 16 and verse 33. John 16:33 These things I have spoken to you that in me you may have peace. In this world you will have tribulation, but be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. Jesus overcame the world, and in Christ we can overcome the world. In the book of Revelation, chapter 12, it says, Satan had great fury and went about to make war against the saints to overcome them, but they overcame Satan by the blood of Jesus and the word of their testimony. We can be overcomers. He says that in me, Jesus said that in me, you may have peace. There's the word may. It's conditional. It's conditional in putting our faith in Him. We put our faith in something we can't see in the future. We put our faith that He's going to let us into heaven. We don't see heaven. We believe the message of the cross. And we believe because of that, we're going to go to heaven. That we're saved. We believe that by faith. We don't see heaven. There's a lot of people who don't believe any such thing exists. We believe it by faith. We believe that God made the heavens and the earth. We didn't see it happen. We hear the word and we believe it by faith. And so when God says, My peace I give to you, that we can experience the peace of God. When He says, Ask and you shall receive, seek and you shall find, knock and the door shall open. If you ask anything in prayer believing, you shall receive it. If we believe those things, not only will the peace of God enter our hearts, but we will receive those things. It is a matter of faith. Believing God 
And then comes the receiving from God. When the announcement of the angels to the shepherds of Jesus' birth, the words they said was, peace on earth and goodwill toward men, when Jesus came. That happened over 2,000 years ago. Do we see peace on earth? We don't. But you see that what the angels were talking about was not that outward peace among men. He was ta- they were talking about an inner peace. A peace between God and man through Jesus Christ. And a peace that we can experience that Jesus said He gives to us. That we should be experiencing. And if we're not experiencing it, we have to understand why and do something about it. We're not believing Him. We're not believing His promises in our heart the way we should. Concerning life. We might be believing Him towards salvation. What about life? What about today? Because life is happening every day. And the peace of God needs the peace of God needs to be in the heart of the Christian. Because it is part of the witness. It is part of shining our light. Why are they not panicking like the rest of the world? Why are you different? Why are you not running the way in fear like we are? Why are you not panicking? It's a testimony of the peace of God, the inner journey, the inner man. Peace of God on the inner man. The apostles talked about, the Apostle Paul listed all the conflict that was going on outside of him. Troubles without. You know, prisons, beatings. Five times he was beaten with 40 lashes. Beaten with rods. Stoned. Imprisoned. And yet this is the same man with all the turmoil and all the tribulation, all the problems he was having. He was the one who was preaching God's peace in the heart. That's Paul. He was experiencing the peace of God in prison. Experiencing the peace of God through all tribulations and trials and temptations. From there we go to uh, Philippians chapter 4. Beginning in verse 6. <clears throat> Actually in verse 4. We'll start in verse 4. <clears throat> Rejoice in the Lord always. Again I say rejoice. Let your gentleness be known to all men. The Lord is near. Be anxious for nothing, but in everything... 
by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which passes all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. <clears throat> Rejoicing in the Lord at all times seems unrealistic. It seems idealistic. It doesn't seem like a real thing to the natural mind. It doesn't seem uh, reasonable to have God's peace and to be anxious about nothing at all times. And yet Jesus said the same things in the Sermon on the Mount. But it shows that when we rejoice at all times, there's a reason why. This is not normal to rejoice at all times. This is not natural. It's not our human nature to rejoice at all times. But he goes on in verse 6, it says, Be anxious about nothing but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be known to God. So we see what we do when things, when life happens, when all the problems of life happen and the temptations and the trials of life happen. We pray about it. We have to reject the prayerless spirit. Jesus said, if we pray to our Father in secret, He will reward us openly. We have to come to the place of believing God when He says there's a reward for praying in faith. That in order to please God, we must believe He will reward us for diligently seeking Him. But we will not diligently seek Him if we don't believe there's a reward. That takes faith. Faith in what Jesus said. Faith in what the apostles taught us. Faith in the Word of God. God said it. I believe it. Is it possible to be anxious about nothing? It's possible to be anxious about nothing when we take it by faith. When we pray the prayer of faith. And then it says, after we pray the prayer of faith, it says in verse 7, And the peace of God, which passes all understanding, will guard our hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. The peace of God is what guards our inner man, our spirit, and it guards our mind. We have peace when we trust God. We have no peace when we don't trust God. You notice the word thanksgiving there. He says you pray the prayer of faith. In verse 6 it says, Dave pointed this out one day, and I remembered it, long time back, Dave was teaching on this. And he said, you notice the word with thanksgiving in that. He says, and everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your prayer request be known to God. This is because, well, why would we give thanks when we, before we receive the answer? Again, the giving of thanks in our prayer is part of the faith. It's part of 
the exercise of faith, the praying and thanking God, not only for hearing us, but the faith that He's going to answer us, that He's going to help us. The Bible says the Lord is our helper. Jesus said the Holy Spirit would come to be our helper. God is our helper. Why should we fear what man can do to us? We read in Hebrews chapter 13. So we pray the prayer of faith. And we thank God and we're feeling faith and and we have peace of God in our hearts and we, we get up off our knees or out of our prayer closet and we start walking and then as we notice through the course of the day it's back all the anxiety's back all the fear is back and we know that faith is not just an exercise in prayer it's a life lived it's taking it from the from the word of God to the prayer closet and then walking in it walk in the spirit in our life it's a walk it's not just a place we get to it's a place we continue in and we persevere in persevering in the faith continuing to walk in the spirit not just walking in the spirit when we're praying and just cleansing our mind of all the things we're walking the wrong way in it's continuing from that exercise of faith and prayer to live it to live by faith in Romans 15 it says this at the end of the book of Romans it says in verse 13 now may the God of peace I'm sorry now may the God of hope let's turn there I don't misquote it again Romans 15.13 Now may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing that you may abound in hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. How are we filled with joy and peace? In believing. It's what we've been seeing everywhere else in the Scripture. We're seeing it here too. May the God of all hope fill you with joy and peace as you believe Him. Let's continue. It's, it's, con- it's conditional on us believing Him. Salvation is condi- conditional on us believing Him. And being filled with joy and peace is conditional on us believing His Word concerning these things, concerning life. Because we ha- still have to get to the rest of our life. You know, when we, we're saved, we come to Christ, we don't know, oh, just automatically go to heaven. We have to live the rest of our life here. And we can live it like a train wreck, or we can live it being filled with joy and peace as we believe Him about our life. That part of it is up to us.
He will fill us with joy and peace if we believe Him. Back to Isaiah 26. It says, He will keep them in perfect peace who trust in Him. Something that's conditional upon us believing Him. In Ephesians, I believe it's chapter 3, it says this, God is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think. Higher than we can even ask or think. He can do more than that. So, but will He do more than that? We quote that verse, but there's a little bit more that goes on to that rest of that verse. It says, God is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think according to the power that is at work within us. What's going on in us? Is the power that is at work within us spiritual? Or is it natural and carnal? Because that's what it depends on. God could do exceedingly abundantly, more than we can ask or think, but do we believe Him? And that makes the difference. Not only what He will do, but whether we will have the joy and peace fill our hearts. We remember the story when Jesus goes to His hometown of Nazareth and says they were offended at Him. And it goes on to say that He couldn't do many good works there. He couldn't do many miracles there. And says He was astonished at their unbelief. That Jesus couldn't do many miracles there? No, He could not. He didn't have power to do them? He had power. But God's power, as we've come to learn, is received through faith. And because even in his hometown there was unbelief, says he couldn't do much there. He laid a couple of sick, his hands on a couple of sick folks and healed them. He said he couldn't do many mighty works there. He did it in other places, but not there. Because of their unbelief. I've known a good many Christians who have been frustrated with God. As a younger Christian, I experienced a lot of that frustration myself. There seemed to be this impasse, this blocking of understanding about God and about how He works. I'm praying for these things. Why am I not, you know, why is nothing happening? And then we feel frustration towards God. But the problem is not God. The problem is in the mirror. We don't understand God. And there's many facets and aspects about God, but one of the things we understand is that God responds positively to us believing Him and believing what He says, including when we pray, 
including the problems in our life. But if we believe Him in our hearts about life and all of its problems, and as His offer of help and His promise of help to us, guess what? It says the peace of God that passes all understanding. But this is not natural. does not make sense to the natural mind. will guard our hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. God's peace. And then it goes on to say, whatsoever things are good and pure and of a good report and are noble and just, think on these things. And this is the reason why a lot of times we get off our knees and we don't continue in the peace of God. Because we let our mind go astray from the things that are true in the Word of God, the things that are pure, the things that are right, the things that are of a good report. So what do you mean a good report? Look at Numbers 13. Ten of the twelve spies come back with an evil report. What was the evil report? It was a it was a report of a carnal mind. Ten men with carnal minds. They had, they didn't have faith in what God said. God said, "I'm going to give you this land, the land of the Canaanites." They didn't believe it. And that's why they never entered the God's God's rest. The Bible says that we should enter God's rest through believing. Those who believe God enter God's rest in Hebrews chapter 4. The Bible says also in Hebrews 4, be diligent to enter that rest. To have the peace of God rule in our hearts. That is the obligation of the Christian. To seek God's peace in our hearts and pursue it. May the Lord of peace Himself give peace always and in every way. He will give us peace. My peace I give to you, Jesus said. If we let it. Otherwise we'll be seeking peace another way. Or we'll just be in it. Have an inner train wreck. <laughs> have a heart in turmoil. Hey, brothers, that's what I have, Dan, on you and any of your other brothers. I have something to share on this or anything else.